0: This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster looking to take your interviews and podcast episodes to the next level, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Visit Poddex.com to get your Poddex today. Yeah. James Ford, that's me. let me talk to him. That's me. Huh. I'm simply ball drop, simply ball drop. Okay. Chopping up these topics, man. I'm simply ball dropping. Nope. Driving coast to coast, making moves ain't stopping. Nah. Driving coast to coast, making moves ain't stopping. Nah. Hey, let me put you on game. These other podcasts, I here talking that yeah. Repping the same. This it's my bro set up top. is for your outfits. From politics, your top pitch. Tune in, you gotta watch this exclusive material. for your ready, your theory, your pumping. I definition. Stop what you doing and listen. We
1: smash in our competition. You better jump on this way. Somebody pass me a mic, man. I got something to say. And now, your host of the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast The Man Behind the mic. KSAP.
0: What is good? What is good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast. I'm the host and the man behind the mic, K. Sap. And today, we got a preseason preview for you guys. We got past the bubble, and now the NBA season, preseason, has kicked off. And the upcoming NBA season starts up here on December the 22nd. So we're going to kick off this show. I got two of my riders with me today. We got Mr. V in the house, and also we have R&B. Welcome back to the set, gentlemen. Appreciate that there, K-Sap.
1: Yes, sir, K-Sap. Always a pleasure being on the show.
0: Man, it's great that you guys are joining me today. You know, you all two of my colleagues, and we're going to rock out, and we're going to dive right off into it, man. I know we've been away for a while, but we're going to give the people what they want, and we're going to start off with the preseason. First of all, how's everybody doing out there? in the midst of this pandemic. On your end, Mr. V, how's everything going? Everything's
2: going well. Family's good. Life is as good as it can be under the circumstances. Staying healthy, staying happy, doing what we do. Right back at it, on the mic.
1: Yes, sir. R&B here. And uh, I echo what uh, Mr. V had to say there, you know, trying to hang in here the best we can. Uh, maintaining one day at a time, one minute at a time, just trying to stay focused,
0: man. That's great. That's great, man. That's a blessing. And, and hearing the D, man, we're doing the same. I echo what you guys said. You know, it's been a blessing, man, through this pandemic, man. I've been learning a lot. You know, been staying focused. A um, lot of family time. A um, lot of small things around the house. I've been doing just on my grind. You know, staying healthy and and keeping this thing moving. And you know, you guys, y'all in for a treat tonight, man. And, and we're gonna kick it off. Um, with the NBA, um, the NBA is back in rare form. Um, teams are able to get back into their practice facilities, get back into their um, home arenas. I know there's no crowd there, but you know they're playing. You know on their home court, they're going to be doing traveling. You know they got the NBA protocol with the COVID, and you know during the off season, it was a short off season, but it was some major moves made. Now, Mr. B,
1: K Sap, K Sap, K Sap. Yeah, I, I don't mean to cut you off it was a short preseason for some, but some dudes ain't played in a year.
0: Well, we, so. all, we all know that, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, and it, They got to take advantage of it, though. The guys have been off for a while, but since they've been off for a year, what you think they've been doing? Think they've been working out?
1: They have to. They ain't got no choice. I mean, it's either, it's either try to get better, work on their craft, or do the same thing next year. Sit out
0: but it's crazy that you said that but you look at the way Harden came back and he was in the bubble. He looked like a miniature Rick Ross. What you think about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, some guys <laughs> some 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 guys don't take their health very serious. And uh it's unfortunate that uh you know, a little bit of time off like that and guys just uh you know, kind of they blow up kind of relax don't worry about the craft and stuff like that but if you're serious about your craft you don't you don't let yourself get in that predicament because it's you're going to have to work twice as hard to get back in shape based on you know where you're normally used to being your your playing weight you know
2: anyway we talking about James Harden though do, y- do y'all really think with what's going on with him in Houston the contract situation whether he's happy or he wants to move. You think he's really worried about needing to look like he's in shape to do what he's been doing? Y'all think that was his focus coming out of the playoffs and the short break, coming back to this? Y'all really think he was really worried about working on his craft like some other NBA players may have done? Or you think he's worried about, okay, where am I going to go if I ain't staying
0: here? Well, let me answer that. I I, I piggyback off of what Rob said about guys working on their craft or – You know guys being in shape It's a difference By trying to keep your body healthy And working on your craft He could have kept his body healthy I understand what you're saying Mr. V But he could have kept his body healthy Why would you let yourself go like that I know he's like last night He was out there giving buckets Even though he's a little you know Oversized but at the same time Why not work on your body Even though if you're not working on your craft You gotta stay healthy You gotta stay in shape regardless of the situation he's in in Houston or if he's, you know, he's seeking a trade if he goes elsewhere. So now if he goes elsewhere, now he got a lot of catching up to do. So,
1: well, well, K-Sapp, though, here's the thing. I mean, do do you think he did it on purpose? I mean, he he may have done this on purpose, just been careless and reckless about the little bit of offseason just to kind of, you know, Put Houston in a predicament that he's really not even focused. He's really not even serious. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those things. Now, buy or beware, because whoever's buying this, you know, needs to have his commitment and have an understanding that he's going to get himself back in shape. But he might have just not even cared about what Houston thought. He might have did it on purpose. That's all I'm saying. I
0: but. I understand what you're saying, but he's not one of the guys that been off for a year. He just got out the bubble, so in that short period, he was period angry. Of,
1: He was hungry,
0: but in that short period of time, you know, he's he's running around looking like Adrian Brauner He's blowing up. I mean, that's it's just as skillful as that guy is, and the amount of money that he's making, and for somebody to say, "Hey, I'm just going to let myself go," I understand what you're saying, but far scale of one
1: to thinking, ten, how concerned are you? Scale of one to ten, how concerned. Well, I'm are you?
0: not concerned because I mean with any from what I saw last night, I mean his win might not be there, but he, he's still dropping buckets. So I mean, I'm not concerned, I mean, but I just think that he, he should have maintained.
2: You know what? I gotta quote my man, the great Allen Iverson AI. Let me modify it a little Practice. bit though. We're talking about preseason. Come on now. James Harden scored well, and we're talking about how he looks physically. In preseason, a man who's been with the Rockets, came up short for championship aspirations, didn't get there, wondering what his situation is going to do. A lot of speculation about what's going to happen, what he wants, where he might land, what Houston could, if anything, do to keep him there. You think he's really, in the preseason, looking back at all he's done throughout the regular season, putting up ridiculous numbers, coming short in the playoffs, you think he's worried about how he looks or even plays right now in the preseason of this upcoming season. Really? You think that?
0: I mean, hey, to each his own, but it, it's it's kind of funny, man. I mean, it's just, you know, the Internet right now is undefeated, and the Internet started that. They got a glimpse of what James Harden looked like and, you know, how the memes come up. So, that's, <laughs> you know, that's a different story. But, you know, like Rob said, the preseason – was shortened because the nba season just got over they just got out of the bubble some some guys been away for a year but during this shortened off season in the free agency there were some moves made now i'm gonna start with you mr v there was a major move made down in the dc area now i want you to tell us and tell the people how you feel about the acquisition of russell westbrook and losing john wall
2: uh, all right let's, let's uh put my fan hat on uh and my analytical, take a step back and try to look at it as a third person hat on as well. Um, I'm always optimistic, and John Wall's been been a favorite in Washington, D.C. for the stuff he's done on the court, the stuff he's done off the court especially. He's always been a fan favorite. You know, I got a lot of admiration for him for the way he plays and for the things he did in the community down in Washington, D.C. So seeing him leave was a big hit uh, overall. However, Russell Westbrook coming and what he's been able to do through his career, I think as far as player-to-player, him versus Wall, we've upgraded a little bit offensively. Um, Not sure about defensively, but Westbrook in combination with Bradley Beal, and some of the younger players they have there, I'm, I'm optimistic. That's my fan hat, saying, okay, we have a little bit more firepower at the end of games, the ability to take over games like Russell Westbrook has been able to do, come to D.C., which, you know, you have a franchise here that that's trying to get back on the rise, and I believe he can look at this, and hopefully he does look at this, is this is an opportunity to come in and help get our team back into the playoff hunt, like we should be uh, there. So that's my fan hat. The third-person hat is let's wait and see because without going into depth about it, the East, there's some decent teams out there. So uh, looking at it you know, constructively, looking at it uh, objectively, we should be in the mix, but I am excited about that big acquisition with Westbrook. Sorry to see John Wall go, but I think we'll be at least where we were, if not uh, a little bit better than we've, we've been in the past.
0: That's, that's a great breakdown, and, and Rob, if you want to piggyback on, you know, anything Mr. V says, go ahead and hop on in.
1: I mean, I, the way I look at it, I guess it's probably one of those things where if a player um, of his caliber, meaning John Wall, is not happy, and he's been injured for, you know, several years, so he really hasn't been a part of the chemistry for a while, and he sees maybe the organization headed in a different direction, Um you know, so you know. I think maybe he made some comments, and um, you know, kind of forced the whiz hand as far as the trade is concerned. Uh, for me, I'm just not sure they upgraded. I'm just, I, I mean, Russ to me has a particular game that it 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 doesn't travel into the playoffs. Meaning, he can put up. Stats all year, you know, on Wednesday night, Tuesday night, because he's going 100 miles an hour. And I think once it gets to the playoffs, things slow down. Defenses make preparation to stop you at what you do best. And I'm just not sure that his style of game is going to travel into the playoffs. I thought John Wall is more versatile in his game that – you know, overall, I just see him more or less as a better player, more better fit with Bradley Bill than I would with Russ. I'm just not sure that you're going to be able to depend on Russ when it gets to the playoffs, where I feel that John Wall was more dependable uh, well, come, come playoffs. I'm sorry. I'll,
2: I'll comment on that, Rob. I, I had some of the same concerns, but what you said about – and th- this is the the – optimistic hat that i wear right now the fan Mm -hmm. um with russ 100 miles an hour i think with his very aggressive style of play that brings something a little fresh to uh to dc he's been relatively he's been a winner he's got accolades individually and and you know he's helped his team in several playoff runs and stuff like that so that 100 miles an hour during the regular season i think we need that consistently and to get to the playoffs, and then don't forget, you have Bradley Beal and you have some other guys on there, mainly Bradley Beal, is the, the guy who's been to the playoffs, who's proven himself the last two years when John Wall sitting out. So don't forget about that other piece that you have there. The tandem of John Wall and Beal is what made the team what it was in addition to a lot of other players. So maybe, hopefully, Westbrook's 100 miles an hour sets a mindset – with the rest of the team. With the fans, get this energized and enthusiastic about the regular season whereas other regular seasons we kind of meander through it. That's just my personal observation. Hopefully that 100 mile an hour gets us there and then when we get to the playoffs we can settle down and actually see where we're at. But that's my goal, get us to the playoffs and then and take it from there.
1: And and, and, and I don't I don't disagree with you at all in that regards because I think you will win games on a Tuesday night and on a Wednesday night because of Russ's input impact on the game that he's gonna be going a hundred miles an hour and other guys are not gonna be going, you know, a hundred miles an hour. So I think you're gonna be able to steal some wins. But in the overall scheme, okay, so you go from a let's let's say you go from the seven seed to a five seed. I mean, I think that's you know because Russ has the capability of winning you some more games because of his approach. You know, now you're sitting at the five seed playing a four, and whoever that four might be.
2: Yeah, I mean, which is a step up from where we've been the past couple years. So, I as the fan, I'll take that. I don't foresee a championship, you know, or even eastern conference finals yet at this at this stage or anything like that but to get back to the playoffs to give the young players a chance to see give them a taste of winning a winning attitude winning mindset and getting into the playoffs and i think it's one of those things if we get there like you said from a seven seed to, to maybe a five seed or something like that even if we we come out of the first round and don't go past the first round i think the team can look at that and say okay now we know what it takes Maybe we make some other moves in the next next offseason or whatever like that to build on what's happened there. But but that's optimistic and we still we're still in the preseason, like now, now
1: do should. you do you like management and ownership's approach?
2: <sighs> that's always been personally a question with the Wizards. I have questioned some of their moves. Um, I like when we had the young nucleuses going, you know, back in the Weber days. Back in the Gilbert Arenas days, back when we had Beal and Wall at their their you know um, uh, I'd say prime or, or younger with Oubre and some, and Porter and some of the other players that were there. What I don't like to see is what's been a Washington tradition, whether that's the the NFL team or or the Wizards, is bringing in a a prime player that's past their prime and is is headed on the the down, not not quite where they used to be, but they're coming down and trying to, to bring something out of that. The last time I remember that helped was with Paul Pierce, but his veteran experience helped with the younger guys there. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see with this. I think this was a money move, I think, like you said before. Uh, John Wall may have been hearing the critics, hearing the, uh, the commentators and say stuff. Is it going to work? He's been out too long. This is Bill's team. Maybe he heard that. Maybe that got to him. Maybe there's a question about which way the the, the, the franchise was going to go. And then for them to just swap contracts, uh, money for money for Westbrook, might have been as a courtesy to Wall. Hey, go to Houston, get a fresh start, get out from under this uh, perceived shadow that you have here with Beal. And you know we'll take Westbrook over here, get get a quick rejuvenation, maybe in, into the into the team, into the fans, and then see what the rest of the future
0: holds. I mean, uh, you might be right, Mr. V, but I look at it from a different standpoint. If you notice how Russell Westbrook played when he was at OKC, he he played reckless. He pre- played angry. If you watched him last year inside the bubble, even to start the season out with Houston, he was playing with like a chip on his shoulder. Like he had an attitude with everybody. But now being traded to the Wizards, if you look at some of the video clips, He seems like he's rejuvenated and he's refreshed and he's happy again because he's he's going around the court smiling, engaging with everybody, and his body language just looks a little different now. Like he's happy to get up from out of you know from Houston to go to the Wizards. Like you said, it was a money move, it was a contract swap, but I just think what Rob said with Westbrook. He's going to win you games because he goes 100 miles an hour because that's what Westbrook can do. Westbrook can be real dominant and get that angry syndrome back and just start doing everything itself to win a ball game. So like Rob said, he can win on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday night. He can get you a win. But when I watch Westbrook in the playoffs, something just ain't right because a lot of teams, when they slow it down and they break it down, they let Westbrook shoot. And, you know, shooting from that three-point arc, in the playoffs, if you don't make some of your three-pointers, they're going to leave you wide open. And Westbrook is not a knockdown three-ball shooter. So the defenses take heed to that and be like, hey, Westbrook got the ball, let him shoot. If you look how they played in the bubble, if you look how the Lakers played the Rockets in the bubble, they let Westbrook shoot. If Westbrook is going to beat you from the outside, so be it. But you want Russell to take them shots and he don't hit them. So like Rob said, it's a fresh start for him. It might be, you know, something that him and Bill can work on. It's going to be some excitement in D.C. because, you know, what he brings to the table. John Wall ain't been there because he's been injured. But I still think you got to give it some time. It's not going to be something that's going to work right then and there. He might surprise some people. But I just think with Wall going to Houston, and if Harden elects to stay there, I think they can build on something because from the first preseason game I saw with John Wall, he got his flashback. Throw Boogie Cousins in there; he's familiar with him. I just like that, you know, that that little continuity they have. And if James Harden stays there, I think the Rockets could be a formidable opponent and and do something. But we have to keep an eye on this.
2: Well, I want to ask. Uh, who, I, uh, I want to ask. Is. I want to ask this R and B K Sap. So, what is for each of you, what is your measure of success? Is it doing as good as you did the previous year? Is it doing better? How much better? Because w- when we talk about the Wizards, we'll put that behind us. If we get to the playoffs, that's better than last year. So to me, that's a win. I don't look down the road like, yeah, we're going to host a trophy at the end of the year. I just don't think that's realistic. But we get into the playoffs. Hey, we have a better record than last year. We improved than last year. That's a win. So when you're talking about John Wall... James Harden in the Houston situation and being you know successful or having a level of success, what are you comparing that to? What is what is your your you know benchmark to judge success in Houston?
1: Okay, so so for me, a couple of things regarding Houston. Number one, Houston, their style of play in the regular season last year. Did not travel to the playoffs. It's not. It's not something that you can sustain throughout the course of an entire NBA season. It's you just can't jack up, you know, 69, 70 shots per half, and and hope that you make half of them, and then don't play any defense, you know, and still expect the win. Because come playoff time, you. Still you start to get exposed. So that's number one. Now, how do you measure success? I look at it from the standpoint is, are you now built to succeed in the playoffs? And right now, given their current foundation with Boogie Cousins edition, with the John Wall edition, I think they're more uh, stable from a playoff standpoint that they're going to, you know, pick and roll. They're gonna do different. Yes. They're gonna do normal basketball things, yes. where you have opportunities to succeed. Versus, we're just gonna shoot more shots than you. You know what I mean? We're just gonna. And, and if you're on that night, then you win the game. Yes. But if you're not, and you get contested shots, you're gonna lose. So I, I mean, how do I measure success? I look at it from a standpoint: Are you now built to? Make a deep run in the playoffs. playoffs.
0: Yes, I I totally agree with that, Rob. Um, To answer answer your question, Mister V, I kind of piggyback off of what Rob said because now I look at Houston. They're a dynamic team now. You know, last year they tried to beat you with the three ball, the small ball, and it it worked on certain nights in the regular season. But you see, when it got down the butt into the bubble, you know, OKC kind of exposed them, and then the Lakers finished them off. But they had no big men to go to now their team is more suitable for the regular season and built to make a deep run in the playoffs. Not saying they'll win it, but they they built to make a deep run because now they're more dynamic at the point guard position. John wall. Now they got a, a, a big man that, that can shoot the three. He can rebound. He can create his own shot and he can, and he can play defense and Also, he can get down on the block and bang. You got rid of Covington. You know, they shipped him off. Now you bring in the likes of you, you got Daniel um, Hunter back, the guy that, you know, was in the bubble that did some old crazy stuff and brought the chick up and then he had to bounce out. But he's playing. The rookie just got hurt. He tore his Achilles. But that team, if, if like I said, if James Harden stays in the fray, then they're a formidable team, and that's somebody that you can reckon with. Now, you're looking at Washington. We know John, we know, we know what John Wall brought to that table with Bradley Bill. They had, they had a good chemistry. It's about Russell Westbrook going to DC, getting that chemistry with Bradley Bill and making things work. Now, can Russ make the other guy, because he's going to be dominating the ball. Can he make them other guys around him like Bortat and all them guys? Bertan, I mean, can he make all them guys around him better? That's going to be the issue.
2: Uh, We'll see. I I still think Washington's bar for success is lower and easier to achieve than Houston's. Um, Just because Houston's been there, they're still trying to get the chip. That's their goal. Um, which is a higher goal than I think what, and it's just me speaking, yeah. what I think our goal is in Washington. And for Houston, critics could say, if they do say, okay, what now? What combination are we trying now to do it? Yeah. What more does James Harden need? What pieces are we going to give him to try to get him that chip? Because that's their goal, Yes. To get the chip. Is this going to do it in that monster of a West Coast that you have there. We haven't even talked about the other teams yet that John Wall, uh, Boogie Cousins, and James Harden will have to face if they want to come out of the West, which, hey, they could be as successful as last year. They could be more successful than last year, but if it's not a ring or it's not at least to the finals, I don't think that franchise or even James Harden personally is looking at that as say, "Hey, we've, we've stepped up from where we've been.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad that you said that. Cause there's other teams that, you know, the Rockets got to face to get where they got to get. And the same with the wizards, the wizards got to face these other teams to get where they got to get. And since we're talking about the Eastern conference, now everybody's is being high on the, on the Brooklyn nets. You know, KD has returned. Kyrie has returned. And in the words of Kyrie, he's trying to introduce y'all to 7-11, but 7-11 been around for a long time. It's been open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So from the Brooklyn standpoint, what do you guys expect that KD is going to bring to the table since he's healthy and what you've seen from him in the, in the preseason? How do you think Brooklyn is going to fare in that Eastern Conference?
1: I mean, for me, I, I think Brooklyn is going to do well. They're going to have a fairly decent season. Um, but also understand that KD is going to have to shoulder more of the load. I mean, it's easy for KD to come out and score 35 a night, an easy 35 a night, you know, when you're playing with Golden State. That's because the primary focus is on Steph, Clay, Draymond. But now, you know, with not the same talent so you're surrounded by, And I'm not saying that he doesn't have talent on the team. I'm just saying those are some marquee names that he was playing with. So now you're playing with Kyrie. And so you're going to see a lot of defenses step up and try to take you out the game or try to put more pressure on you. That They just might let you score 45 a game, but they're not going to let anybody else score It's kind of like LeBron playing back in uh, Cleveland in the early days. We'll give you 60, but nobody else else is going to score. So I think now the dynamics of his team and the focus of other teams on how they play him defensively is going to be a determining factor on really how far can they go. I think overall they'll do well, but it's how far they'll go.
0: Yeah, I I, I could see that. And and my thing is, before Mr. Mr. V jumps in here, what I'm going to look at in KD is because when he played with Golden State and all the guys that he was surrounded with, Clay, Draymond, um, Steph, he was out there playing freely. And he was getting a lot of accolades for his defense of prowess, right? So this is what I want to keep an eye on him in Brooklyn. Can he make that same impact defensively that he made out in Golden State when he was out there playing freely with the group that he was playing with? Can he make that same impact in Brooklyn? And that's going to be the telltale for everybody to say, okay, now I know what people meant when KD was out there. The focus was not on him. He could go out there and free his mind and just play like he was playing in the park. Because all the focus was on stopping Clay, stopping Steph, and and honing in on Draymond. Because you know Draymond, he was the he was the, you know, distributor. He would put everybody in their sets and they would just feed off of him and the ball would just go up. But they was giving KD a lot of praise for his defense. I wanna see what kind of defense, you know, he displays in Brooklyn to see if he makes that same impact with that team with Kyrie, Joe Harris, of Avert, and um DeAndre Jordan. So, time is going to tell, and Brooklyn is going to be a, a, a they're going to be a, a tough out. But at the same time, you still got the likes of Boston and Toronto. So, Mister V, your take on Brooklyn? How you think they're going to fare?
2: I think Brooklyn will be just fine, and 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 the one I'll say to keep your eye on in in the East. And and I'll say this: I'll take it. A different approach than, than most. So Kevin Durant been in OKC. Didn't happen in OKC. Uh, he ends up going to the Warriors. He gets criticized for going to a super team and being a super player to a super team. OK. Superman to the Justice League. All right. You know, you guys won. And he's gotten his ring. He's gotten some of his some of his individual accolades again I, I don't think he's concerned with all this i think this is just a lot of the people talk but he is a person and he does i know he does hear some things so now he goes to the eastern conference he's got his chips he's done what he's needed to do he's free now he's not in anyone's shadow he's not on a super team that's already made up so he can go there free Nothing to prove, but let me go play basketball no pressure. Let me play with somebody I want to play with. Let me play not in the shadow of anybody, and let me show everybody what I can do, what Kevin Durant can do. And maybe he's not worried about, hey, is he the best player, is LeBron the best player, or whatever like that. Maybe he's there now in a situation where it's like, you know what, I'm in the nets, uh, the ceiling's high, they have uh, expectations for us, I have another guy here, Kyrie, who is a unique personality himself, which kind of has so far is taken some of the focus off of of Kevin Durant as far as the media goes. Everyone's circling around Kyrie Kyrie not speaking and what's he going to say and all that stuff. So now Kevin Durant can go out and just play basketball, and we can sit back and see, wow, this guy is really all that he's cracked up to be, and he gets to the finals if they do. And then it, then it can be the showdown to see if his team, if, if he can outplay uh, LeBron James for that, that title of, of best player. So I uh, say all that to say the East, Eastern Conference, there's some tough complete teams that already are there. Uh, so I'm not, you know, pinning them in to the Eastern Conference Finals or, or the championship, but I think they have as good a shot as any on paper, uh, especially if that's the mindset that Kevin Durant takes.
0: Okay, I, I, well, you know, I, I can certainly see where you're coming from. But then you got to look at a team like Miami. They benefited in the bubble. Do you guys think that Miami can make a run and at least get back to the Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference Finals? But my take on Miami, I think Miami benefited from the bubble. And I just think if they do get to the playoffs, that they'll, they won't they will make it past the second round. That's just my take. Y'all could be different. I want to hear
1: Hmm. oh man
2: uh i will take I'll take a stab at the har the you think thinking about it real quick uh i think like i think with with miami you know I, I I do believe it was the the bubble and matchups had a factor in their run uh you know to the finals uh that just passed i think. That's another thing for them too. Matchups is key, and who they end up playing is a big factor as to how far far they go. I don't foresee them being as successful as they were last year. I just think that was a matter of circumstance. They got on a run. They had some favorable matchups. They earned their spot in the finals, no question about that. But I think maybe if they had faced some different teams or if it was different circumstances, their run may have not have been as far or as deep. As it was there, I think that'll be the case uh, uh, this year. It, it, we just talked about uh, Brooklyn, and as solid as Miami was, I would still, in, in, in a game, I'd still give uh, the Nets, as they look now, the edge in the series over Miami. So I think, I, I think they'll they'll be a playoff contender again, but I don't see them making that run again unless they end up with some favorable matchups. Uh, like they did last year and it works to their
0: advantage. Totally.
1: Agree. So, so where does Milwaukee fall in all this? Sense? That,
0: I, I was about to get to that, and my, you, you know how I feel about the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, the Milwaukee Bucks just gave Giannis all that money. He signed that five-year Supermax deal. Um, take it to the bank, he's dripping. You know, he, he got the bag. But with Milwaukee, did Milwaukee make enough moves to get them over the hump? I know they brought in – drew holiday but they gave up a lot and i think when they missed out on berdanovich the guy that's coming from that was coming from sacramento that you know was gonna sign with milwaukee and it didn't happen that was the shooter that i think they needed because you know marvin williams retired they no longer have kyle corvert they don't have george hill all they brought in was drew holiday And a mixture of players. They lost Wes Matthews, which was a 3-and-D guy, and they still have Giannis, they still have Lopez, Cognington, and they got Drew Holiday. I just don't see that Milwaukee team making a deep run in the playoffs. I think it's still gonna bow down to Milwaukee getting to the playoffs, and like you said earlier in your segue, Rob, that the defense is you know, break down, and it's the game slows down. And when the game slows down, Giannis gets exposed. That's my take on Milwaukee. I don't think they're gonna make a deep run. I just think they're gonna be a team that's always gonna get to the playoffs, but they're not gonna get over that hump. And I don't see them getting over the hump again this year.
1: Is Philly better?
0: Philly has a great team because they got a great coach, and I think. Some of the preseason things that I saw with, you know, Tyrese Maxey, and I think that um, Doc will get the best out of Joel Embiid, and also, you know, they got an energy guy coming off the bench in Dwight Howard. Also, you still got to take into consideration they got Ben Simmons. They brought in a, a, a three-time champion and Danny Green. You know, he, you know, you know what he brings to the table. I mean, he's not always you know, on point, but he hits some timely shots, but that's veteran leadership. And I just think that Philly needed some of that veteran leadership and bringing in a coach like Doc, I think that can help Philly. So the Eastern conference is going to be tough. And that's why I say Milwaukee, you, sometimes you all, you, what they say, you don't want what you wish for because it always ain't going to work. But you know they gave Gian- Giannis signed that super max. He wanted to be home, but I just don't think Milwaukee has enough to get by the teams of a Philadelphia, a Brooklyn Nets, or you know Toronto is still a tough team. Even though they got rid of Ibaka and Marcus Saul they still got Kyle Lowry. He's a floor general. They got Fred VanVleet. They got Paige Siakam. They still do good things. And you know, as Nick Nurse, as being that coach, you know he. He's got them guys a championship, even though they lost Kawhi. He's still they're still champions. So I just think when you ask the question about Philly, I think Philly will be my top three. Think my top three teams in the East. I'm gonna put them like this. I'm gonna go with Philly number one. I go with Brooklyn number two. Toronto, no, no, yeah, Toronto, Boston, then Milwaukee, then Miami. K-SAP, ksap, k
1: ksap. All right. We're we, 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 we going we gonna to make this easy because you said top three and then you named seven teams.
0: No, I just was so, naming them off in the Eastern Conference. Nah, the top. I no, understand. I understand.
1: I'm just naming them off. Look, I, I got you. I got you. We're going to clean this up. We're going to clean this up. Fifteen teams in the, uh, in the east, okay? I'm going to just go down. All you got to do is say playoffs or no. Okay. Okay? All right. Yes. Same thing, V. Got you. Cleveland.
0: No. No. Toronto. Yes. Yes. Philly. Yes.
2: Yes.
1: Brooklyn.
0: Yes.
2: Definitely.
1: Okay. Atlanta.
0: That's a yes for Mr. V. No. No for k
1: Wow. Chicago Bulls.
0: No.
2: I'm going to go with no as well.
1: Detroit. No. No. Orlando. No. That's a negative. New York Knicks.
2: No. Got to go with a no on that one. Boston. Yes. Definitely. Wiz. Yes. Got to go with the Wiz. The Heat. Yes. Yeah, got to go with the Heat. Pacers. Yes. I'd say yes, but where are we at? Was that seven or was that eight?
1: You're at six. Is it six? Yeah.
2: Okay, Pacers definitely in there, yes.
1: You got Milwaukee. Yes. And then you got Charlotte. Ooh.
0: I think Charlotte gets in, and I, let me let me let me say something before we continue. I think the playoffs have extended to that nine teams in the East and West. Am I to correct?
1: To the play to the play-in. Yes. To the play-in. Yes. Okay.
0: So now I have to go back to that Atlanta and give them a yes.
1: I'm saying Atlanta or Orlando. Atlanta, Orlando, and Charlotte is fighting the last for that last spot.
0: Between like Orlando, of, I think
1: I, I think two of them are gonna play each other to play the other third team.
0: And I think the two that's gonna be, I think the two that I, Atlanta and Charlotte, I, I'm a, I'm gonna keep my eye on Charlotte.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. The bottom the bot the the bottom eight and nine is gonna be interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I can see some shuffling around with that.
0: And that's only because yeah. of the play in. That's the only because of the play in the way they formatting it now. So you give it –
1: where, where you got Indiana at? I mean, where's Indiana?
0: Like 7-7-7. Seven, seven,
2: yeah, around there. It's gonna be see.
0: at the bottom, it's gonna to be to me, it's gonna be Indiana, Charlotte, and Atlanta. That's the three teams that's gonna be jockeying at the end.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm, no but... Mm, that was over the bulls, too. Mm.
0: Nah, the bulls, I, the bulls don't they don't have enough, Mr. V. They I mean they got talent out there with Kobe White and Zach Levine, but they just and, and Wendell Carter Jr. They just they don't have enough, man. I mean, they, they're they're still re- rebuilding, man, and trying to get themselves back in the fray, man. But I just think unless some major injuries happen, I hope not. But I just don't see it because Rob, you said it earlier. Some of these guys been off for um, a year. They got to come out the gate smoking. They ain't got time to drop games.
2: I'm surprised y'all got the Hawks, the Atlanta, down, down there fighting at the bottom. So
0: you got them. So would you put them in the middle?
2: I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, sure, I w- I'm not sure to go go that far. Um,
0: but you got to look at the six top or- six teams that we named off. You got the Milwaukee. You got Boston, Miami, Toronto, um, the Wiz. You got. So you throwing them above the Wiz?
2: Who's that? Uh, Atlanta. Yeah. Not necessarily, but I'm looking at if we we going at, at the top teams, you know, to get you know to get to the playoffs, the seedings. But
0: that's what I'm saying. Uh, look at the top teams you got. Just name them. Look, Milwaukee,
1: Brooklyn.
2: Yes. Toronto. Uh, just two. Boston. Uh, uh, all right, we'll keep Toronto. That's I think Toronto's Who, a little high, look, but look, okay. Look look,
1: look, look who's giving. All right, Milwaukee's giving. Boston's giving. Sixers are giving. The Raptors yes. are giving. The I don't Nets know about are the. Giving. That's five.
2: Well, I can't say the the Raptors before the Nets. I give you that the if, if Nets is no due, no no Nets.
1: no 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 no. I'm not putting them in order. I'm just saying who's given. I just clicked off five, right? Just like that. Yes. Clicked off five. Then now, then you got the Pacers. Yep. Sucks. You you gotta say six. You got you got you, the you got you got the Heat. You, you got, the heat. <laughs> you
2: got the, exactly. So so, you,
1: so, so so you got six that's in. So now after six that's in, it's seven, you eight, got nine the fight. Pacers. You got Pacers,
0: Charlotte, yep. and Atlanta.
1: Charlotte, the, Wiz, the Wiz, Orlando, Atlanta. and Atlanta.
0: Atlanta. Yes, Orlando not doing it, man. I, I take the nod. I give Atlanta the nod over Orlando. Like I said, them the seven, eight, the ninth sheet, they gonna be jockeying for position, man. It's gonna be tough. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's hmm. gonna the East is gonna be tough. You thought yeah, yeah, you thought that yeah. when LeBron was in the East and they said he had an easy path. So all the guys that are in the East, the guys that was in the West, they got out of the out of the West to get to the East. Now the East is a difficult path because of like y'all said the matchups. And when we yeah. go to them last bottom teams at the bottom of the borough for the ones that we already shoot in, that is a definite to get a playoff. But that seventh, eighth, and ninth seed, which I said, yes. is the the Pacers, Charlotte, and Ale- they're gonna be jockeying for position. So, like Rob but, said but, earlier, but here,
1: here, here's what I'm saying though. That's the difference. That's where I'm saying a player like Russ helps the Wiz get inside that number.
0: Yeah, because he will not win them Russ- games
1: that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Russ, is gonna help, Russ is going to help them get inside that number because they're going to win games that they normally wouldn't win in February.
2: I agree with that. Those Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday yes. games that yes. they, they would, they would, they would drop, you know, yes. become, become routine to drop. They power through that. And hopefully that gets them solid in the playoffs. So they're not fighting to get in because a fight to get in, then I look at it and then that's where it, 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 for me it gets a little tough. Like, ooh, because you some look, of those other teams have have, have some yeah. guys that's been together and they have some Atlanta's got a decent roster. Trey Young, Galinari, mm-hmm. Bogdanovich, Rondo with veteran experience there. Come crunch time, that's when I as you know, as a Wizards fan, looking at it like, oh, those guys have been there and done it. They're crafty. Yeah. This is when they can shine, like you guys were talking before. This is where, when you need a stop, when you need a big play, when you need a, a bucket, that's some of your go-to guys there because they've been there and done that, and the, the pressure doesn't get to them as much as it would for some of these new guys there.
0: And that's why the, I the said last, they, they last,
2: the
1: last the last fifteen games of the season, the last fifteen games of the season, the Wiz can't go five and ten.
2: Right, exactly.
1: They can't. They they I, I, the last ten they got to go like. Seven and three, six and four. Got to be on the
0: positive. Yeah, so I mean, it's going to be interested in the East, and and we're going to turn the page. We're going to real quick. We're going to talk about the Western Conference, just real quick. Um, the moves that what, was made.
1: What's there to talk about? What's there to talk I, but it's about? funny we got to talk about it, man,
0: because you know beginning of last year, what you was talked
1: all, to V. What was you all talked to talk V? What, what was all to talk about? To him. What
0: was all to talk about early last year? It was nothing about. It was all about hey, the Clippers hey, or this,
1: that, the that, Clippers hey, or that. To be honest and be fair, the Western Conference might be a whole another segment. I mean, I'm just being honest. I mean, because there 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 are some quality teams. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. There are some quality teams that we do need to get to, but it might take us another two hours to yeah. get through. so
0: we'll come back. We'll come back and touch on that on another segment. We'll 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 keep it straight Eastern Conference. Hey, but come back tomorrow. Okay, we can come back tomorrow. <laughs> we can wrap that 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 Western Conference up. But it's funny on this Eastern Conference now. I'm getting to thinking that Eastern top that Eastern Conference man, it's gonna be tough. And like you said, Mister B, when you when you when you said about Atlanta. Of the, the veterans that they brought in getting the stops. It's their time to shine. And that that goes to say what I just said about that seventh, eighth, and ninth seed. They're going to be jockeying for position. And Rob made a good point. The Wiz can't do what the Wiz used to do. They can't go on runs and win you five and six games and all of a sudden go on a 10 game drought. Exactly. That, that can't happen.
1: Atlanta's going to be a team that you're not going to want to play at the end of the season if you're trying to get in. You know what I'm wow, saying? That, Atlanta, You don't wow. want Atlanta on your schedule if you're fighting to get in because that's going to be a playoff atmosphere type game because Atlanta's going to be fighting to do the same thing.
0: Yeah, that, that's, that's a good take, Rob. That, that is a very good take because, and, and the reason why it's a good take is because you saw what Rondo is capable mm-hmm. of doing in big moments on the biggest stage. Now, if Rondo needs to get you in the play, Rondo's out there like a coach. He's a floor general. He gets you in your sets. And they got the pieces around them. Gallinari, Bogdanovich, and all them. So, it. whoa, it's, it's yeah, going to uh, be interesting.
2: Schedule, schedule's going to factor into that for those those last teams. I'm saying that as a Wizards fan, for those just teams is that's jockeying for position to get in at in the bottom half of the playoffs because you guys have said it as a Wizards fan, I'd rather face a Bucks or um, the, another team that, you know, may take what, what we call KSAP, one of those breather games. Like, hey, we <laughs> already know we're going to get in here. <laughs> yeah. the Wiz got Wiz has got to get up for us. If we lose this game, that don't mean anything. Yeah. So when the playoff starts, we're solid. Whereas if we got to face uh, a, a Hawks, Uh, maybe a Charlotte that's fighting to get in. A Heat team that's trying to move up in position, that's where I look at, like, ooh, they got some veteran experience. They got some guys that that aren't going to make it easy for us and just shrug and say, all right, give them this game. So
1: I I agree with you. Now, I, I got a couple of questions before we wrap this up okay. in regards to how the season might pan out. Um, and, and we'll just, I mean, like I said, we'll just stay with the East Coast and okay. everything like that, with the Eastern Conference and everything. But how do you see this working out, the fact that now you're playing in your own gym, but there's going to be... Depending on what state you're in, there's going to be different regulations where you can have fans, no fans. I mean, how do you guys feel about that aspect versus the bubble?
0: Now, I'm going to answer that first, Mr. V. When I look at it, you know, the protocol, they have to stick with the same protocol with the COVID testing, right? I know they're, you know, you know vamping up their testing, but as far as traveling, going to different arenas and some arenas they're elected to have fans almost similar to football some football teams have fans but if you look at it the guys that really experienced that bubble last year they should actually benefit from this as well because if you're playing in somebody's home arena and they don't have fans you don't have them fans coming at your throat so your game should travel it should be as like you're playing back down in the bubble when there was no fans and you had to generate your own energy. So that might be an impact. You're just playing on their home court, but there's no fans in the stands. You see what I'm saying? So from that aspect, every it, to me, everybody's on an even playing field unless there is some fans in their arena.
2: I think the more it works – towards the more experienced teams with the more experienced players. I agree Agree with KSAP. And I actually like the bubble atmosphere yes. because I, I looked at that and I'm like, okay, how are they going to react without the fans? Because us as fans, we're used to the cheering, the booing, all the noise, you know, bringing the energy. And I wondered when first watching the games in the bubble, like, hey, are they going to play this, to the same level? But they did. It seemed like, hey, they focus as basketball, playing in the gym, mm-hmm. playing like they used to coming up. You adjust with no crowd and you focus – on the game. You don't have the distractions of the crowd sometimes. You just play. So I think that that having that experience that'll translate for those that did that, played in the bubble, that'll translate when they're on there. My concern would be for some of those players, some of those young players who aren't used to traveling, yes, who aren't used to having a more restrictive extracurricular activity lifestyle. That would be, to me, the concern, because it's not like, okay, we got to go to L.A. and I'm worried about fans or no fans or Texas fans or no fans. Mm-hmm. What I see and what I look at is the social dynamic of that. When you're on the road, what do we know that some of these young players, even some of the veteran players, go do? They go out, they go go eat, they go mingle, they go do their thing as young single men. Yeah. Having those restrictions and having that accountability to the team like, hey, you can't run off and go to the strip club, and then you end up and you fail a test or you get the rest of us sick or you can't play now, I think that factors in, especially because they have a lot of games to play. So that's why I said those teams that have been through it, those teams with solid veteran players who know how to say, hey, listen, this is for the team concept, especially those contenders, we have a mission, we're trying to get there, and we need to all be in on this to get there, you know, no slip-ups. I think they'll have the advantage. As a, and I don't, I don't foresee that big of a deal being that whether there's fans in the stadium or not. I think it's a big deal for the fans because if I'm able to go to a game, I'm going to go do it if I can be safe. Yeah. But other than that, I think the, the players will play like they've been doing.
0: And before you,
1: That's a great point. That's a great point.
0: Before you get in there, Rob, let me say one thing and then I'll let you go. And if you notice playing in the bubble, the camera angle was focused on the court, right? It was simplified. It was the bench and the court you couldn't look up and see nobody in the stands because there was no stands there. Now playing basketball in your home arena now, and if you look at the telecast, you got this big open court, but you got all this empty other space that the camera is zoomed in on. So it kind of makes it look like, wow. And if you look at the seating, they got like tarps over the seating, but that focus is still in the stands not particularly on the basketball court. When they was in the bubble, the camera angle was focused in on the players on the court. So everything was simplified. So you saw everything that was going on on the court instead of your eyes going elsewhere. It's like looking up in the stands to see if you see if there's one person or two people sitting up there. So it's wide open now. So, but I still think that shouldn't play a big dynamic in how these players play. like Mr. V said, these young guys traveling, new to the NBA, they can't go out and experience some of the things that the old vets did, you know, that have been in the game for a while, where they go into another, you know, arena, they go out to eat the camaraderie with the people. Like if you go to South Beach, you know, South Beach, you want to get out. They always say people go party in South Beach before the game. So that might play a a big part. But I just think, you know, for the guys that experienced that bubble, they know what to expect.
1: Yeah, and and V, I I think you made an excellent point about the social aspect of traveling and everything like that and what the guys are used to when they do travel and, you know, some of the new guys coming in at the maturity level to stay consistent, stay focused while you travel. I think that's a huge factor. I think it's up to the veterans on the team to keep them uh, accountable and to keep them in line and in check and understand that when they step out, they put the team at risk. So that's gonna be a huge dynamic. But you know, i'm I'm gonna take it back on you guys. I think it does make a difference of being outside the bubble and being on um, different uh, floors, arenas, and things like that. I mean, case when you came over to TJ. I mean, look, hey, you you was oh for ten sometimes. You That's I mean, 10. at home, at, at at home, at home, you was eleven for twelve. You know what I mean? At the Feather rim, but you didn't like the TJ rim because it was a little bit loose. You know what I mean? Hey V, I'm gonna just keep He's it sling, real. You sling, know what I mean? There, huh? So so so. so, so so i mean it does make a difference you know what i mean it does make a difference that's all i'm gonna say i'm gonna leave it at that
0: okay well you know that's that's a great breakdown and, and we appreciate that but you know like we said we, we got to come back and do the the western conference on another time we broke down the eastern conference for you boys and before we get up out of here mr v is there anything you'd like to say to the people out there
2: Appreciate everyone tuning in and listening to another episode of Simply Ball Dropping with your host, Mr. K. Sap, the man behind the mic, special guest R&B, and Mr. V here, not too serious, Mr. V, look at me up on Instagram. Uh, Appreciate another episode, K. Sap. always good rapping with you and, and R&B, it's always a good time. Always bring the energy, the laughter, and we I think we get a couple good points across that everyone likes to hear. So everyone listen, stay healthy, stay safe, stay happy, and tune in for the next episode. Tell, tell a friend to tell a friend. Join the movement. Get yourself some SBD merchandise. There's plenty of it, and uh, help move the cause. All
1: right, appreciate that. Yes, sir. And, and, and I'll go ahead and uh, echo with – Mr. V says, tell everybody to stay safe, social distance, wear a mask, you know, wash your hands, and, uh, you know, not only think about yourself, but think about all those around you, uh, you know, when you might be ready to slip or put your guard down, or think it's okay to um, not wear a mask and things of that nature. This, this thing is, it's real, we're almost through it. And, um, you know, just got a little bit further to go. But once again, I appreciate everybody for tuning in, listening to us. Um, hope they enjoyed the show, got a couple laughs out of it. And, uh, you know, until we sign on again.
0: All right, man, I appreciate that. And once again, man, y'all tell a friend to tell a friend. And that's going to wrap up another episode of the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast. I'm your host and the man behind the mic, Sap, And we're going to catch you on the next one. Deuces.
1: Thanks for listening to the Simply Ball Drop-In Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share on all major platforms.